This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Whiskey and Whitetails, the show for those that hunt with a passion and drink with a purpose. Just like that, Matt. Good job. Mm-hmm. As always, I'm your host, Gus. That is Matt uh, drinking still. He's been drinking all day, folks. I'm yeah. just kidding. Smell like um, water. <laughs> Uh, as always, thank you to the Waypoint Network for having us. Thank you to our Patreon for their support, our executive producers for helping us put these shows together and their input. And thank you, thanks to you, our listeners and our viewers, for supporting and watching and following and sharing and loving and touching and um, I, whatever. I, we appreciate it. If you're new here, yeah. welcome. Sorry for the weird intro. If you're not, welcome back. You know what's up. Um <laughs> Uh, do we have, are we doing ad reads this? Yeah, uh, man, this I actually around? did a, um, so oh, you did? Okay. I was going to tell a quick story before, before I did it and I'll let you, so that gives you time to do yours. Um, yep. when I was in Mexico, there was a guy that I met that spoke English and I asked him how he met, how he learned English. Like, You've been to America. He's like, no, I learned English through Netflix, watching the show suits. Yeah. And so if you've never seen the show suits, it's a, basically a lawyer. Um, it's pretty far fetched. I've asked lawyer friends if this is what it's like. And they're like, they just laughed like, no, obviously it's not. <laughs> But anyway, Harvey Specter is one of the lawyers. So I did a chat GPT ad read in the persona of Harley Specter, and I have not read it. So here we go. Well, 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 listen up, ladies and gentlemen. This is Harvey Specter, the closer, the rainmaker, the guy who doesn't just win cases, but also knows a thing or two about winning in life. And today I've got something special for you. Mint Mobile. Now you're wondering, Harvey, what's the deal with Mint Mobile? Let me break it down to you. Mint Mobile is the legal strategy you never do you needed. It's a game changer. Picture this. Crystal clear calls, lightning fast data, all without breaking the bank. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Mint Mobile is all about maximizing your value without compromising on quality. It's like finding the perfect tailored suit, but it's your phone plan. Now, I know what you're thinking. Harvey, is this some rookie move? No, my friend, Mint Mobile is the real deal. It's not about flashy gimmicks or empty promises. It's about delivering results, just like I do in the courtroom. Mint Mobile delivers unbeatable wireless service at prices that make your old carrier blush. Here's the bottom line. If you want to be a winner to the wireless game, you switch to Mint Mobile. It's a smart move, the Harvey Specter move. Don't spell it for anything less. Go to mintmobile.com slash whiskey. Get your hands on a plan as sharp as my wit. This is Harvey Specter signing off. Remembering in life and in wireless, it's all about being one step ahead. Mint Mobile, the choice of champions. And just to finish that out, I am... Gus and I are both actually Mint Mobile users, so we are not uh, not preaching what we don't speak or whatever the words are. <laughs> preach what you what you talk or live Something what you like preach. That, right? I don't know, I don't know what it is. Oh man, 
Over to you, Gus, for Vantage Point Archery. Vantage Point Archery. I did this one just for you because I thought you'd like it. Um, Hopefully, I don't screw this up with any of the words in here because I haven't seen the movie in a while. But (laughs) am I the only one around here who cares about precision and archery? I don't I don't roll on shabos, but I roll with with vantage point <laughs> archery. The real achievers in precision machine one piece broadheads, man. These VPA <laughs> broadheads, they're not just for show. They're tougher than a nihilist's resolve. Hell yeah. Walter. When it comes to when, <laughs> when it comes to measuring up in ar- the archery world, VPA sets the bar higher than a than a high achiever with an overactive imagination. And let me tell you, their success isn't just a bunch of calmer than you are malarkey. <laughs> it's it's built on strength, quality, and performance that's tighter than the dude's the dude's rug and that's saying something please plus they're as committed to u.s manufacturing as i am to keeping my bowling score above par <laughs> but let's but, but it's not all rolling strikes and market and, and marking frames they're dead serious about customer service your success is their top priority man they're not just making broadheads they're crafting reliable tools for your arch, archery arsenal like a well-maintained piece of walter's hardware so if you're tired of rolling down the lane of uh, archery archery uncertainty grab yourself some vantage point archery broadheads they're on a mission and it's not and it's not a day at the beach it's about making bow hunting more ethical and that's a strike worth aiming for don't be out of your element check out vantage point archery today market dude well that's just like your opinion man <laughs> yeah so that was for those that don't know that was vantage point Archery read in the voice of Walter from The Big Lebowski. Which The Big Lebowski is my favorite movie, and I judge people for not liking it. So do not tell me you don't like it, because then I will block you forever. No, that's funny. Okay. All right, well, enjoy this episode. Have a great time. We love you and all that stuff. Bye. Bye. Rocking, dropping something, hip hip hopping, hip hop sipping, sip, sipping, slopping. Fresh, nice. I sprayed it all over my monitor. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Yeah, Matt's got himself nice and lubed up, ready, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and, uh, um, beers waiting on you there. Me. Yeah. No, I wish I had beers. I have. Uh, I said I had a couple beers waiting on you. Oh yeah, you were waiting on me. Sorry, man. All good. Um, new jobs uh, loves their meetings. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I'm like, so this first like few months, I'm just kind of like the first month. I'm kind of just riding shotgun, observing, taking notes, bring you know, taking it all in, asking questions. Next month, I'll start getting a little bit more hands on, taking over some things, and then by the third month, the idea is that I take over and you know, just reach, reach back for support as I need it. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. Uh, part of once I get to that point where I'm, I'm, I'm driving, I have a detailed list of all these meetings I have to be in and I'm ranking them. Like, do I need to be here? Or is this just a, a nice place to a nice meeting to attend? And those ones that are just nice to attend are going to be falling off my calendar. Yeah, they should. There's no I reason no, for uh, someone get those in your updates. level. Yeah. I can get those mean. updates from somebody else. Right. Yeah. Or there should be some kind of roundup for somebody in your, in your position. There is, there's like, but there's a lot of roundups and every team wants to have their own and I've got to figure out a way to maybe help streamline some of that. You should use Jira and then be actual streamlined. Ooh, nice. Yeah. What are you pouring? Um, That's Heaven's Door cask strength that I've been just 
I've just had for a while and haven't really drank much. Nice. I'm busting out. Felt like something special today. So this is uh, the last of my stash. This is the Bellmead Madeira. Oh, nice. Remember how much I love those. And it's got a signature on it, which I don't know whose signature that is. <laughs> but thanks for signing the bottle. I'm going to drink. Let's see what this one's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, You know, we both have a bottle that I've, I really want to open. But we, I think we kind of promised we would do it with him. Um, is that Jim Beam uh, Black Label, the eight-year? Yeah. I, I stare at it all the time, and I'm like. <sighs> I've got one, too. We could open one uh, this weekend and then open, and save it for, uh, I don't know. I think yeah, he drinks yeah. it all the time, dude. Well, he said that he, said he didn't have any more. He, he stumbled apart, like stumbled across that case. And for the, for and we're talking about uh, Chief, Chief Mercer. Mercer. Yeah. Um, he stumbled, you know, across the case and was able to to get it, but um, I don't think there's much of it left. But yeah, I'd be down to open one this weekend and then keep you know, keep the other one on standby. Yeah, we're recording this before our Patreon hunt, um, mm-hmm. and we're actually going to do some whiskey and whitetails talking this episode, so it won't be just us bullshitting. Um, but yeah, we are bringing I'm bringing anyway some pretty crazy stuff like uh, whiskey related because I have a feeling. With the rain, this might end up being just a drunk fest. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did see there's going to be a lot of rain, and uh, I love to hunt, but yeah. um, depending on how cold it gets, you know, climbing up in, in, a, in a stand in the rain. I'm coming prepared to hunt, but I don't. I'm not promising sure. I'm gonna. But I will make sure, sure anybody that comes and hunts, they have a good spot because we're pretty yeah, absolutely with the area, absolutely. and I don't mind riding around looking at stuff. I'm also, yeah, no, I'd, be, I'd be down to drop, go like drop, go drop people off if we need to, and then yeah. give us a call or text and go pick them back up. Well, it's good for them to drive. So I think they should follow us because that way their cars parked there and someone knows there's a hunter in there because it is public. Also, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. <clears throat> but unless we get, if we can find some hogs, I'm going to get in on some hog action. But outside of that, I talked to Ortiz and he, uh, I don't know if he's, he doesn't know if he's going to make it or not, but if he is, he's going to try and bring some thermal stuff for hogs. Oh, Ortiz might be coming? Yeah. So that would Sweet. be sick if we can snipe some, because he's got a legit sniper rifle. We could snipe yeah. some hogs with thermals. That would be pretty dope. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure that's legal, but we'll we'll make sure <laughs> before we go out there. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, so cheers, man. We, yeah, cheers to We've been planning this event. And we're gonna yeah, to... I think we talked about the idea of it over a year ago. Yeah. And then we're finally just like, just we had to have to set a date. And then, yeah. you know, you can make it great. If not... Yeah. All right. I got some uh, whiskey news, but I don't know if you have some whitetail news or if you want to talk about the buck. I I, I have one whitetail thing, one hunting related thing that I want to get off, get done over with now. So it doesn't ruin the rest of the episode. Okay. Um, But as somebody with kids and, and we've taken several opportunities over the course of our time with the podcast to call out shit when it needs to be called out and remind people because we have a, a platform and I think it's important that we do. So I'll make it short and sweet. Um, and that is, I don't know all the details of what happened. Uh, so I won't speculate or, or pass judgment or any kind, but I'll say this when you're hunting with your kids, you'd best be damn sure that you know where your firearm is, whether or not it's loaded, whether it's unsafe, if, if, if it's functional, if it has any malfunction problems and taking the proper, um, steps to ensure that you are minimizing the, likelihood of an, uh, a negligent discharge or any kind of accidents um, in Orange County, not far from here, a six year old was killed in an accidental shooting while hunting. Um, and I just like, can't imagine what those parents are going through, but those kind of things are almost always preventable. 
Um, again, I don't know what happened. If it was an accidental discharge, if it was another hunter somewhere, but safety, man, there are tons of safety precautions that exist in the hunting world from blaze orange and other, uh, you know, etiquette that you do when hunting in public land to firearm safety, do it all. Don't be lazy. That's, that's it. That's all I got. Well, as not a parent, I'm going to give my parenting advice here. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that guy feels absolutely fucking miserable. And um, assume it was even his fault. Like I guess right, I'm not speculating. Right, yeah. I don't know the details. Yeah, it just happened. But I will say that I hunt pretty recklessly, but I hunt by myself. Um, usually my rifle's on fire with a round in the chamber. If I'm rifle hunting, if I'm bow hunting, I mean, it's as safe as you can get. However, that being said, comma, pause for effect. There's no reason to do that with a child or anyone else in the blind with you. You should be extremely safe. Make sure that the if it's on a tripod, it's pointing in the correct direction. It's not leaning somewhere that it can fall. You need to make sure the safety is on. Those are all basic marksmanship principles that you should be practicing. Um, and yeah, it is guns don't go off by themselves. So yeah. Anyways, thoughts, thoughts out to that family and that, that yeah, community. That's that's awful news. Uh, but I I will always take an opportunity to remind folks to be careful and be safe. Um, because it's, I feel like it's our responsibility to do so. I agree with you. Anyways, on to uh, happier things. Uh, what do you got for talking about my buck? Since we're already oh, yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about how we hunt. Um, so I just posted a reel. Again, by the way, thank you. I just posted a reel of um, of the buck, and I basically said, which we had a pod, we had a podcast with Mark. Um, with Southeast Whitetail, and we had talked about how people around here get a lot of shit for posting pictures of their deer because people are like, oh, you should let it go a year or, you know, whatever. That's such a baby or, you know. Yeah. Here's the thing. We don't grow deer like you grow deer. So down here, like it's, I'm talking 100 miles from here, you, there's some big deer. I mean, they're still mm -hmm. not white, you know, uh, mid Midwestern deer, but there's some good-sized right. deer out there. Out here, we just don't have it. The buck I killed is the biggest – south carolina buck i've ever killed it's also the heaviest deer i've ever killed um, mm -hmm. in south carolina so we uh we had talked about the culture of hunting like they're coming for our rights they're coming for our ability to do this stuff and um and by us tearing ourselves apart from the inside making fun of each other it's just not it's not good man it's yeah we don't post on whiskey and white we don't post harvest pictures this is the first time we've ever done it and gus and i struggled with it for I mean, when did I kill it? Tuesday, and it's you know it's now we're now or when Monday. So two, it's been three days. We've been, which you know, should we post this? We, you know, because it's not something that we do. Yeah. Um, but I think we made a promise, kind of, to Mark that we would, um, and basically say what we said. So that's the reason that post was made. There won't be more kill pictures on whiskey and whitetails. That's just not what we're here for. Correct. But, but that being said, said, it it. it it shared an important message, I think, is uh, you know, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna springboard to another topic that's kind of a, a a soapbox of mine with regard to this community, and you know, like you said, we this part of the country, and if you take the uh, the NDA uh, deer steward class, they talk very specifically about the various regions of North America and how deer differ in size because because of the environments they live in. Mm -hmm. um, deer down here just genetically have no survival need or adaptation to get as big as deer do in the midwest because we don't have the large fluctuations in weather um just like in the in the in the keys and in florida deer are even smaller than they are here that yeah. doesn't make that doesn't make the effort the work the dedication 
uh, and, and the passion that goes into hunting those deer any less. Um, and that being said, you know, the sort of looking down your nose at other hunters and other people because they didn't shoot a 150 minimum class buck that weighed, you know, 220, you know, or dressed or whatever. Um, that mindset of kind of internal within the hunting community, you know, uh, clicks and grouping up and these, these, these sort of mentalities, um, they show themselves when the important things come around, like legislation and law changes, because everybody gets so involved. Well, that doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not my problem. I don't, I don't bear hunt. I don't do that. Bear hunting. You know, I've heard, I've heard people just talk terrible things about bear hunting or other predator hunting. And so because they have a difference of opinion about it, not, not looking at the collective idea of uh, what those, um, those hunting laws and, uh, opportunities do um, for those communities and for, and for those populations of animal, but just looking at their own personal agenda, they choose not to participate in the debates, in the uh, the open forum discussions with um, legislators and people who have the ability to uh, influence uh, law. But you know who does show up are the environmentalists and yeah. the people who have the louder voice and when they have the louder voice they get the changes and that's why we've seen black bear hunting go away in new jersey and uh, uh mountain lion hunting go away in california and wolf hunting uh or um is a wolf whatever it was going away in colorado and now what are you seeing in all those all those decisions were made by people making their decisions purely on emotion yeah you see black haired you know? bears you're losing their rights over blue haired women <laughs> And so, and so what, what ends up happening is now all those same people are screaming because uh, mountain lions are eating their, their small dogs in their, uh, in their nice mountain, California mountain homes. And black bears are coming into neighborhoods and destroying property in New Jersey. Um, and the amount of human-to-bear interactions is increasing. Well, there was a mechanism in place to help prevent that. Um, yeah. So we have grown as humans. We've, we've put ourselves and put our footprint in these these animals population these put the population of animals their their habitat we've encroached um that's something that we have to accept as humans i think um so as a result of that in order to to maintain the balance of us living and them surviving we, uh, hunting helps with that it's just just no the science is there for a reason and then it, it proves that and a lot of their big complaints are that you know we don't need hunting today because there's food at the supermarket and correct and, and they make the a they make a great point. There's definitely food at the supermarket, so technically you don't need to hunt. However, it comes out all the time the shit that's in the food the supermarket, and the only way to make sure you're eating good meat, ethical meat, um, that wasn't raised in a barn, caged up, and you know shoulder to shoulder with other like animals, mm-hmm. and then living a miserable life for two years before they slaughter it. I mean, you're not eating seven eight year old cows. That's not that's not what that is. It's all it's all year two years old. Uh, anybody that's ever lived on a ranch or been around a ranch can, you know, we'll tell you that's exactly the life. As soon as they're weaned, oh, yeah. they're kind of put into a field to kind of grow on their own, and then they're sent somewhere to finish, and then they're killed. Yeah. Um, yep. And they don't live a great life. So if you eat, if you don't eat meat, I, I won't even argue with the people. It's just like you don't eat meat. All right, we disagree fundamentally. I'm not going to waste my breath. But if you eat meat, there's a huge conversation I'm willing to have with anyone about mm-hmm. how hunting is more ethical than going to the store. Um, for sure and that's yep. i don't think anybody listening to this is gonna need that conversation but you yeah, know i, I welcome so. it i welcome it on that post if that post it it's we I just posted it but if uh 
I just checked it earlier when you brought it up, and it's uh, it's doing it's doing pretty good as far as uh, nobody's, engagement goes. Nobody's being a dick. I didn't see. I fully expected to happen, but I didn't it's see. It's going to happen eventually, and that's fine. And I'll answer it, and I'll answer it respectfully, and because uh, you know me, I, I can get a temper and say things I shouldn't say. But when it comes no. to something I'm passionate about. <laughs> Like hunting in our community, um, I'm going to be as respectful as possible and, um, yeah. and try to educate instead of slander. But 100%. most of these people you can't argue with. They're just going to. But hey. haters, haters going to hate. Haters going to hate. But all that being said, I went to hunt um, at that property that I'm giving permission to hunt on the island here. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I haven't done one of those in a while. Um, <laughs> he, uh, There's a doe that comes out pretty often. Yeah. And I have bucks on camera there. Um, have never seen one in person, other than you know small, um, like spikes and four points and shit like that. But yeah. um, I've never seen an eight point out there in person. I have them on camera. I've never seen this buck before on camera. Really? Um, no, haven't seen it. He was. I think he was lost. He was just wandering around, and he wandered around to the wrong place. But I did not come out there with the intentions of doing that. I came out there to get another doe. Yeah. Um, so I sat up because I, I got busted last time because she could see. It's just a little blind that I can easily hop into, and it makes no yeah. noise, and I'm quiet. So if I show up an hour before dark, it's not a big deal. I'm not making noise going yeah. up a tree. Smart. Um, but she had come out before and kind of looked right at me, and I guess because the blind, the window was open on the blind, and she was like, no, and, and left. <laughs> and I think I talked about it in the last podcast. She was standing behind me and scared me. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. So anyway, I came out there to get her again. And I literally had been there 30 minutes, maybe. And I was on my phone playing uh, Candy Crush. <laughs> and so I had finished a game of Candy Crush, and I just put my head up and looked out, and he was standing right there. Nice. Um, and that was it. I leaned into the scope, put it on his heart, pulled the trigger, and he took one step and fell over. And it was painless, nothing. Didn't yeah. even know what hit him. Um, but what's crazy is I got him and dragged him to the truck, no blood. So I'm guessing that the bullet didn't mushroom. It didn't have time to do anything. Just blew right through him. Yeah. Um, no, I couldn't really see an entry or an exit. I mean, I know it's there. You can feel around and feel it, but visually no entry or exit wound, zero <laughs> blood, put him in the back of the truck, took him to Cordray's. Um, they weren't quite open yet cause it was still daylight. Um, usually they open around sunset. So I just pulled a cradle out threw him in it, weighed him and, uh, looked in the bed of my truck, no blood. Really? Yeah. The hole That's right there. Weird. But once I started to move him, his head kind of fell over and some came out of his uh, mouth. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy, dude. I've never wow. shot a deer with zero blood before. Me either. That's it pretty died fascinating. Instantly. Yeah. So you were, you were talking, you described seeing, um, you described not having seen that buck before, right? Just show up on camera. And that's, that's typical of, of, of what time of the year. Yeah. The, the rut, the right? Rut. He's well, out there looking for that doe that comes out there every day. I guarantee it. The second yeah. rut, we are Monday. You would have been right in the middle of the peak of the second yeah. rut here in South Carolina. Yeah, we're yeah. on the very end of it, so uh, it's not surprising. It, it lines up with this. That's that's actually I paid for this app and wasn't sure if it was with accidentally. I meant to do the the trial for seven days and then I accidentally purchased it. So I've been wondering if how accurate this whole rut cast thing is, and uh, looks like it's pretty I'm accurate. Based on that, it's pretty accurate. I'd, I'd be I'd be interested to go check out um, Cordray's. Uh, Facebook page or website and see what kind of bucks came in uh, yeah. during the last few days. I will say it was also the day of the full moon. It wasn't leading up. It was uh -oh. that night was the full moon. Oh man. So I will say that 
Uh, you know, we've discussed that topic several times, and I'm not saying that those two things correlate. I'm just giving you the the deets of the story. It was peak rut and full moon, and he came out, uh, I don't know, an hour and a half before sunset. Don't know. Don't know. But I wish it was a cooler story, man. I wish it was like, I've been hunting this buck for whatever. Nope, never hey, seen him before. Those I just, I was on my phone. Those stories are great, and... uh all the bucks that I've killed in South Carolina have been killed that way. Like I had other bucks that I kind of had my eye on, but I just spur of the moment decided to go hop in a tree stand or whatever. N not even really expecting to see anything. Cause I barely, you know, didn't have just shower or whatever. Just not just went out for the sake of going out and you know, it happened. Yeah. I'd rather have, I'd, but I'd rather be lucky than uh, than good any day. So. So that's my second buck of the year, both or second deer of the year, both taken from a blind. Nice. Which is interesting. Considering how much you love that saddle. Yeah. I might just buy some blinds. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's because it, I make no noise. Like, I park pretty far away, and it's a it's a sand road, like compacted sand, so it mm -hmm. makes no noise. I can I sneak right in. The yeah. blind's right off the stand. Um, it's magnets, so it makes no noise. Like I can literally get in there and they don't hear anything. Whereas if I'm hunting, you know, mm -hmm. I got to be closer to where they're coming out, which it's, you know, it's wooded. So I got to walk through trees, sticks and leaves and then climb a tree and then get settled in the tree. Yeah. Um, did you go know. for the, uh, did you go for the, just behind the shoulder shot? Or did you go for a neck shot or anything? No, it's right. Pointed right at his heart and just pulled yeah. the trigger. Nice. That, that rifle, it's That's not probably what it did. Man. It, even if it didn't, have time to expand just the shock wave i'm sure turned yeah. out his heart to jelly oh yeah it did it exploded the hole inside i, I looked when we got to cordrace oh, okay nice it was all gooey um mm, yum. but that rifle's not really fair dude that right you know that thing's it's a precision <laughs> rifle so i can literally hit anything i want to hit up to almost 150 yards after that i got to kind of hold a little high hold a little less not as automatic spin drift it's not a factor at a uh, 40 yards. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. <clears throat> and it's like, you know, it's a, it's an HMR. It's a hunting match rifle. So the muzzle brake that's on it is pretty gruesome. And I, and I sent you a picture of it. It blew that it's a got blind. The ones that you see the ads for that you can see, uh, 270 degrees. Yeah. The ones that, uh, the, the it's funny cause they're commercials. Like they throw them up and one, they just grab the top and open it. And then mm -hmm. all the comments are like, they're easy to open, but they're not that easy to open. It's that <laughs> yeah. one, which they're right. They're easy to open, but they're not that fucking easy. That's way. Yeah. It's bullshit. But, um, it blew the, it blew the, uh, the cover right off. Like the, the things you, you know, you pull down for the windows. Yeah. 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 It blew it right off. Damn. I guess is, just is it, is it, did it rip it or did it just slide off or slide down? No, you know, the, the little, um, elastic strings that hold it to it. You know, yeah, so you yeah, can like clip yeah. it in. It mm -hmm. melted those, just exploded those. Really? Just the, yeah, just the blast coming off the rifle. Damn. Yeah. I also oh, had the I'm... barrel inside the <laughs> inside the window because oh, I didn't stick it out. No, because I I I know she saw me last time. Oh, she yeah, saw the barrel sticking out and was like, "That's not normal." Because that they don't bat an eye at that blind. They don't care. They're never yeah. looking at it on camera. Uh, but I'm guessing just because the window was down, there was a black thing sticking out of it. She, you know, she's mm -hmm. smart. You aren't stupid. Yeah. Well, the bucks kind of are, but especially looking during, at me at all during the rut. No, he's yeah. he's 100% preoccupied. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, did you did you want to? Well, while we're since we're still on 
on hunting. Uh, we'll just keep it on. Yeah, we'll do the hunting thing, and on, then we'll do whiskey on, on task. Yeah. So, uh, have you did you hear the news about the unicorn buck that was shot in uh, Granite Falls, Minnesota? Mm-mm. So I've seen a couple of these before over the years, but this one is by far the most the most wild I've seen. I'm gonna see if I can uh, share the picture here. Present. Share screen. Share screen. Can I get share rights? That's what I say all day long. Can I get share rights, please? <laughs> all right, here we go. I'm gonna share just the screen. Do look at the whoa bone growing out the middle of the dude's that that deer's head right out of his fucking forehead and it's split it's like it's like a a a split yeah it's like an extra like a split you know g2 or whatever but it's just right out between from between his eyes man it's pretty wild that doesn't even look like a whitetail yeah that's that's a minnesota whitetail for you but i mean that's one two three four five i mean 10 points that i can see it's obviously would be considered non-typical but how would you even score that it's it's weird but I thought it was pretty cool. I've never seen one like that before. I've seen some where, you know, you get like a small little, you know, thing kind of grows somewhere else on the forehead. Uh, but this is like in terms of being referred to as a unicorn buck. Like this is the closest thing I've ever seen. I should ask Rocco if he's got a picture of the one they had out there. Um, I took a shot at it and then it was on that bear and first time saddle hunting. And uh, oh yeah, the string hit my arm. So I, I missed hardcore, but he had uh, all of it. He didn't have two side pieces. He just cut the one unicorn. Comes. It was like three oh, really? antlers going straight out of the top of his forehead. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, I was. I like, remember seeing a picture of that one. That would have been the coolest wild. deer ever. <laughs> It'd be cool to make something out of that. Like make that that single, that, that little cluster of antlers, like the base of a sword or something really oh, badass. Yeah. yeah. Now I would have just thrown it straight up on the wall. Euro yeah. mount. <laughs> Yeah, I got so um, that was let's see the only other thing I had that was hunting related was more of a discussion topic and I didn't send nice. it to you on pur- purpose because I I wanted to get your honest take without having time to to research stuff and okay. I know I know you hate being put on the spot but no I love it it's my favorite this is <laughs> do you think that uh, young hunters today and we'll, we'll we'll lump in new hunters so you know uh, adult onset hunters. <laughs> Do you think they have it too easy in the learning process with the accessibility to, because I think about everything that we had access to when we started to learn how to hunt, we didn't have YouTube or yeah, internet. I, we didn't have trail cameras like, like I know they have now. They do. Yeah. Because I mean, how many times, especially like bow hunting, how many times you'll miss, mm-hmm. like you'll shoot low, you'll shoot high, they duck the string, whatever. Um, that takes years of doing that and being like, ah, oh, shit. Cause no one's going to, that's one thing about hunting, man, is like, like, we're pretty open. We'll tell you whatever we know, but a lot of people are like, protect the trade, protect the secret, um, only tell the good hunting spots to, you know, your family. Um, so people are just, I've seen it a million times, man, where people just start talking about stuff and they're like, oh, and I'm like, no one's going to tell them that that's not, <laughs> that's, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah my biggest thing is I, I, I don't disagree. I, I, I agree that it is easier today for hunters, um, especially, um, and I guess for, for adult, for new adult hunters, I care less about it because they're, you know, adults time is, is limited. Um, and if you're getting into hunting and you don't have the ample time to, to spend in the woods, then maybe some, you know, some resources and tools at your disposal that allow you to be more successful quicker, um, isn't such a bad thing. Uh, but kids, I feel like when they're learning and youth are learning, like, I mean, when you and I were growing up, they didn't have youth hunt days like they do today, like every season. I mean, I'm sure they did, but I mean, 
there's a youth turkey day. There's a youth duck day. There's two youth deer hunt days. There's, it's, uh, there's, they get catered to a lot. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. What I mean is that they didn't have, they're, they're not having to learn the woodsmanship and, um, they're not having to learn a lot of the ways that we did, I guess. And so it makes me wonder if kids are, as they get older, um, appreciate it less. And if we're losing hunters as they get older, because they don't have the appreciation for, I don't have any proof to, to that or anything. It just makes me wonder if because we tend to not appreciate things that we don't put effort into, that we don't work for, that we don't understand at a grassroots level, right? At, at a foundational level. And I feel like with a lot of the, um, a lot of the resources, a lot of the, you know, op- youth days at the beginning of seasons make it easy, easier, I think, to kill deer or game because they've been unmolested since the season before. Yeah. So these youth going out and killing a deer at the beginning of every season, like maybe it sets un- unrealistic expectations when they're not allowed to do that anymore. And suddenly they got to wait till the middle of November, like everybody else for rifle season. And that's just a lot harder. Something else I've noticed that I think is not good is people putting kids on these, you know, buck of a lifetime. I think that's not good. I think that if your first buck is the biggest buck, like most people will ever get the chance to see, and that's the first one you ever killed, you're never going to, I don't know that you'll get that feeling anymore. Or like, like I still shake like a leaf when I shoot a doe. I mean, it's, I mean, I just, I also just love it. it you know, a lot of people don't yeah. love it. And um, that's one that like, that's another thing that I've noticed about over time is it used to be everyone I knew hunted at some, you know, like, Oh, I'm going hunting this weekend or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And now I am like the hunter. I'm the only one. It's like everybody like, for instance, work or whatever, like, Oh, I used to hunt or I went hunting with my dad once, but no one, you know, I used to, I quit hunting. Like I haven't been hunting in 10 years. Yeah. It's like, I never asked why, but I'm going to start asking why, like why? Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I it is a curious thing that people kind of fall out of it, but it is a numbers game. And I think people don't have the time anymore to go sure. and just hunt. Yeah. There's too much yeah. going on and you could sit at home in the comfort of your house and flip through Instagram all day instead of getting into a tree stand and yeah. being uncomfortable. I think people are soft. Maybe that's what it is. I figured it out. Maybe people figured are soft. <laughs> You're just pussies and you don't want to get out there and get cold and get rained on and get too hot and mosquito bit and worry about yeah. snakes. It's too hard. I can just go to the supermarket you can you certainly can yeah and it's it's you know there's um there's a bigger conversation that can be had about deer hunter numbers and like the motivation to like you see uh there's a there's an instagram that i follow they have a podcast as well um and they drive this this point home a lot that and i haven't looked at the numbers myself uh but that there's maybe too many hunters and that social media and the and that uh, you know hunting companies um, are driving people into hunting and and coercing people to get into hunting. Um, these organizations, you know, pick any of these hunting um, conservation organizations, you know, talk about not having enough hunters. But their question is: Is that really for the betterment of hunting in the wild game, or are they just trying to increase their membership income? And, you know, we all know that hunting companies and and gear companies and guide services, they have one purpose and that is to make money. Yeah. Um, And they they will do that by exploiting public land, by paying influencers to, to do those things. And so, you know, there's a, there's a fine balance. I think that has to be struck between 
um, how we present ourselves online, um, what's really needed in the, in terms of numbers of hunters, because we also have to keep in mind that hunting is necessary for conservation and for our national parks and things like that. The, the uh, Pittman Robertson act, um, that, you know, taxes and that hunters and outdoorsmen gladly pay an extra tax on our goods and products to help fund that because it helps preserve the things and the resources that we want need. But it's, but at what point is, are these other organizations driving, are they driving too many hunters and, and for the wrong reasons into these places? Um, you're hearing and seeing people getting, uh, finding that they're in that. And we've, we've talked to old timers right here in Francis Marion. We've talked about, Oh yeah too many people out here the deer is not like the, it used to be it's overhunted. it's you know and it's so there are influencers who are all about public uh public land and and that's great but you know is 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 them standing up and having an entire platform with millions of viewers potentially talking about these public places that they go hunt and potentially driving unnecessarily numbers of people out there um is that doing more harm than good you know i don't know but yeah I definitely think we got a little off track there as usual, but I definitely think that youth have it easier. Um, and with the, you know, the addition of, of youth days and getting opportunities that big, these big old deer, I just, someone that shoots a huge deer like that at such a young age without having to put in the work to get some other deer along the way, I just don't feel like they're ever going to appreciate that deer for what it was. Right. Um, how special that is. Well, I think you're but, robbing, you're robbing them of their future. Like if you, if you shoot a 150 inch buck, your first deer, uh like i've never shot 150 inch buck you know what i mean so it's like i have this thing in my like, i really don't give a shit about I, I i mean i would like the even then man most of that body meat is just so tainted i just i don't know i'm just saying i wouldn't turn down the opportunity if i saw one sure but and i don't know how i would react i would assume that i'd feel like uh way different feelings than i normally feel when i mm -hmm. kill a deer but I've also never, that's never been my thing. I've never, that's not what I, that's not, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm here for. Um, yeah. but I think that it's also in the back of my head, like one day, mm -hmm. if, if I hunt enough, maybe one day I'll see an absolute unit that yeah. I would shoulder mount. Cause as you know, I don't, I know, I know I'm very different from most people. I don't have any shoulder mounts. Sure. I got a dead head behind me here and I got a buck head from eBay. And then I have yeah. a sacrificial lamb that i that was in pain and I killed hung in my house, but that's it. I don't yeah. have any, what was I saying? Oh, um, yeah. I think letting them kill a big deer in the beginning, I think it ruins it because yeah. they'll, they'll lose the excitement, the pursuit, the passion, um, unless they're doing it for the meat. I mean, and that's really, I think that's the only way to get people into it is like you, the meat is delicious. It's yeah. so good and pound for money. I mean, well, sure. Not right up front, upfront costs to get into hunting is of, pretty high. Of course. It's but over time, so. You don't have to replace that shit. You can keep it for years. I mean, we've been, mm -hmm. I've been hunting with the same clothes and gear for years. Other than I bought yeah. a bow this year, but outside of that, um, it's basically free. Other than, I guess, trail camera and whatever. But other yeah. than that, once, I can once go you get the get things you need, yeah, once you have the resources and tools you need, especially if you're gonna process your own deer, once you have the gear you need to hunt and the the equipment you need to successfully process and package and store deer, it's it'll pay for itself. We should make a video segment on the cheapest way to get a deer, like buy the cheapest blind and the cheapest, like go to a pawn star or pawn star. Well, shit, dude. <laughs> I mean, the cheapest shop the, the 30, 30. Yeah. The cheapest way is to go sit at the base of a tree near a field somewhere in this, or on, on a road and not even use a blind. I know tons yeah. of people that still hunt like that to this day. So do I, all the people that we catch on the property that shouldn't be there. That's how they hunt. 
<laughs> they brought a chair uh, from home and they're sitting in a lounge yeah. chair. Yep. You come around the corner like, who the fuck are you? I know you're not mm-hmm. a hunter because I know you're not supposed to be here because you're sitting on a chair on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I know I played hockey with a guy who hunts with his son all the time and uh, they live, uh, they hunt up uh, near Orangeburg. It's a lot of more agricultural land up that way. And um, that's what they do. They just, they walk in long ways through, through the woods and they find, they have these, these ag fields and they sit, they know where the deer come in and they just sit on those, those field edges and smoke deer all the time. Yeah. Easy to do. But yeah. That would be a fun video to do. Just track price of everything. And yeah, uh, yeah we should, we should do something like that. Cause it would definitely be cheaper to take it to a processor than to buy all the vacuum sealing stuff. And so it's like total price. I mean, yeah, what is, what is it, 150 sure. bucks to process a deer. If you just get like burger yeah. and cuts of meat. Yeah. Um, and then you can go to like any pawn store and buy a 30, 30 for 200 bucks, I'd guess. Probably. I used to buy them all the time. Remember and flip and I'd repolish, yep. resand them and stain yep. them and, and flip them. But, um, and they're great deer guns. I mean, it's everyone, you know, that's an adult or look at that. We are adults, huh? <laughs> everyone, everyone you know that's older than us go home and talk killed, to your moms and dads and ask yeah them. your moms and dads killed deer with 30 30 <laughs> promise you at least mine all my elderly family and friends did for sure yeah, yeah for sure um anyways that was just a i actually that, that wasn't a topic i came uh, stumbled i came on on my own I, I stumbled across it in another article and i was like you know I'm, I'm, i wonder what what matt's take would be um just because yeah, I, I, I know we, I know we share some, you know, sometimes we share very, most of the time we share similar opinions, but when, when it comes to youth or things like that, since you don't have kids, I, I find that interesting to see what your take is. Yeah. I would guess that they have it easier, but I could also see the argument that they don't just because. If you look at the flip side, right, they, they have easier from the perspective of the things that we mentioned, but also access to public land has gotten more difficult. You know, access to private land is harder to get these days. So. The, that, you know, how much advice out there is good that's the other thing yeah yeah there's a lot of people and i think this is i'll i can say this is our or my generation our generation's fault is we have a tendency to not want to help people and this is probably something that we inherited from our, our parents generation we have a hard time just helping someone for the sake of helping them if they haven't made an effort to help themselves first 100%. so if you, when you haven't come done into a, anything i'm not gonna take yeah. shit when you come into a conversation or you come into a forum or you come into whatever and it's, Hey, Hey, how do I do X, Y, and Z? This is what I want to do. And this is what I'm trying to do. What do I do? What have you tried so far? Nothing. I just want to, so you haven't even Googled anything or done any research. Yeah. Go do that first. Try some things first and then come ask the community because you're you're going to understand better what the, what we suggest and what we recommend after you've maybe failed or you've done some research yourself. And I see a lot of that, um, not just in hunting and across the board. Oh yeah. I'll end up telling people that like, cause I get, I, you know, we meet people and and they, they're like, I want to get into hunting. And I was like, would you help? It's like, I'll hundred percent help you, but here's what you're going to do first. You're going to figure out your method of approach. Do you want to bow hunt? Do you want to mm-hmm. gun hunt? Whatever it is. Oh, I want to bow hunt. Okay. You go buy a bow, go to a rent, go, go to a bow shop, get fitted for a bow, buy a bow, buy all the stuff and start practicing. Give me like, Hit me up and be like, hey, I bought a bow. I've been practicing every day or every other day or every weekend or once a month, whatever. And then I'm going to be like, all right, where do you want to hunt at? Let's go figure it out. I'll show you. I'll teach you everything I know. Because you already know that you're serious about it. But it's like to stand there and waste time explaining how deer move and where to find them. And uh, it's too much. It's too much to just say all the time. You're just not going to do it. 
I will do it though. You just got to show it. me. You just got to show me that you're you're all in. Yeah, because it's because a lot. It's a lot of time to dedicate. I'm sick and tired of ordinary people being fleeced. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I need to update my soundboard. I've said that a million times. We haven't used buttons in a while. Yeah, I know. Um. Anyways, that's all I had for that. Um. What do you got? What's going on in the world of whiskey? West yeah. So I was gonna say, um, I pulled up a couple press releases that I was gonna go over. One being a McAllen bottle that smashes the previous record of the most expensive whiskey ever sold. So it's a McAllen Valerio Adami, nineteen twenty six, a sixty year old. It's one of forty bottles of McAllen nineteen twenty six, um, and it was released by the distillery in nineteen eighty six. So it's thirty. Seven years ago, they released a sixty-year-old whiskey. Uh, it sold for two point seven million dollars. What? Two point seven two million seven hundred twenty-four thousand nine hundred eight dollars, which is more than double the previous eight, eight, one. That that's eight dollars twenty. That's eight dollars more than I'm willing to pay. Eight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's two million seven hundred twenty-four. <laughs> thousand eight hundred dollars more than i'm willing to pay <laughs> it's uh, a, it's such a boring looking bottle too it's just like a is it really it's yeah, a regular it's bottle and it's got the uh, number 60 on it and then like some fine print i can't read because i don't that care is boring but um so i did the math and a one ounce pour from this bottle would cost you one hundred and seven thousand dollars <laughs> is that if you just broke it up evenly that's yeah. not even with like a bar markup Nope, that's just, here's what it is. I want a one-ounce pour. Certainly, it certainly didn't go to a restaurant or anything. Certainly, a, a collector bought that, You right? know, I didn't look. Oh, I, nope, I didn't look who bought it. It's probably a private collector or some crazy shit. Yeah. It's so insane that somebody would spend that much money on whiskey. I mean, I get it. It's cool, but $2.7 million cool? Dude, you know how Dude, many? That's... You have a, like a... <laughs> What, what, oh, hold what, on. What, let me let me look it up. Let me see what. Well, while you were doing that, I just want like I wonder what it must feel like to spend that kind of money on something so frivolous, knowing that you could have taken that money and like you could have changed some people's lives. All right, I was like, like I, was, I was a little off. Half. So it was two point seven, and I okay. wondered how much a Pagani Hyura R is, mm-hmm. which it's three point one. So if I had $5 million and they were like, buy this whiskey or a Pagani, I would buy the Pagani. Yeah. All day. 830 horsepower, 9,000 RPMs. What's going on? That's sick. <laughs> $3.1 million. Yep. I would have much rather bought that than a Scotch, a McAllen um, Valerio. But anyway, other new releases that we've got. The Old Forester, they changed the bottle, so it says brown form on the top. It's the 150th anniversary. It's a pretty sick-looking bottle. Um, it was released in this month, and they made 150 bottles of it. So you're not going to get one. It's 12 years old, and it comes in at a MSRP value of $2,500. Which, uh, which Old Forester is this? It's just there, a rare bottling, so... Just a bottle oh, okay. they had that's 12 years old. I see. Handmade decanter. Oh, okay. Well, that makes this more more cool. Um, next, Mictor's 25 is out this year. 
coming in at 58% ABV, 58.1 ABV. Uh, that's $1,500. Um, and they have limited availability. They don't actually have the numbers for it. Yeah. Yeah. Add that to the list of shit I won't be buying. Yeah. But I thought I found something that we could buy. Evan Williams single barrel vintage. So this has a gray wax on it. And I'm really? in the market, my friend. It's $110. 55% ABV is 10 years old. 10 years old Evan Williams single barrel vintage. I'm guessing this is probably going to be a distillery only release. Yep, Evan Williams bourbon experience and select retailers. So we'd have to go to Louisville to buy said bottle. But I'm in the market if anybody's got one. Yeah. Yeah, I would I 100% want to drink that. Yeah. Um, Wolves Winter Batch has a new one out. Don't like it. Not going to cover it. <laughs> so this is how we wild, do listen, folks. Yeah. Wild Turkey, um, their new Master's Keep is... Um, if I can find it, Wild Turkey Generations is 60%, so it's 112 proof. $450. There's going to be 5,000 bottles available nationwide. I am in the market probably if I can get it at said price. Normally, yeah. that's Histori out of my budget. Historically, for you, those have been hit or miss on hit or taste, miss. right? Yeah. Very much so. That's an expensive game of hit or miss to play. It is, but this one is a 9, 12, 14, and 15-year-old bourbons that were barreled up. But it's collective by – it's a three-way. So it's it's the whole Russell family, Jimmy, Eddie, and Bruce, all together mm -hmm. um, picked okay. this. So to me, that means a little something because I enjoy all three yeah. of those people. I met Bruce and did a pick with him, and uh, Jimmy and Eddie are like idols, if you will. Right, right. Um, but cool. – the quote says, the experience of working with my son and grandson to create a blend that celebrates our family and tradition has been a highlight of my career. So, that is cool. I would like to have one of those if I can find one. And that's pretty much, there was some other stuff that I that I put down, but I mean, it's kind of it. There's a ton of good scotches that are coming out right now. Yeah. The new Boss Hog is out, 53.2 ABV for those that are interested. And it's the same $600 it always is. <laughs> <laughs> which I won't be buying. That's out of, I can't do it. I, you know, we have a friend, Andy has a friend that we've known forever. Corey, you remember her? Yeah. Corey Mina. She, uh, BMW girl, uh, very cool. Love her and her husband. And, um, they're Doberman people, which is cool. But anyway, she loves boss hogs and buys oh, them yeah? all. Really? Yeah. And it's, I, she keeps telling us to come up there. They live where we used to live in Maryland when I was oh, in the okay. army. They live right yeah. there. Because Jake was stationed um, where I was stationed. Okay. And I guess, I don't know if he got out. I think he did. Either way, she's got a bunch of boss hogs. And I would like to go try some of them one day. Hell yeah. But I fucking hate Maryland, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good reason not to go. Yep. But that's really it. There was some other stuff that's not really, I don't know. There was a, uh, the new Hirsch, $89. Four years, four years old, fifty-five ABV, hundred ten proof. Um, and for for those listening, the the prices he's saying is MSRP. Yeah, you're probably not it, gonna find any of this. You're stuff. probably not gonna find most of it. You're not gonna find any of it, but you're definitely not gonna find it at the price I'm saying. Well, I don't know, man. The bourbon thing has kind of been falling <clears> off. It's it's like tequila's got a hard stronghold, but now that the winter's coming around, I wonder if maybe tequila kind of was a back. summer thing. Yeah, maybe. I think people got tired of not being able to find bourbon, which is funny because I haven't bought anything in quite some time because I mm -hmm. bought a lot in uh, yeah. the last two years. 
and I was going through today, kind of picking bottles to bring to the hunt. Mm-hmm. And most of my like super cool allocated stuff is there's not a lot left. Really? So I had like this thought, like, do I just ruin it all? Jeff? Giants. <laughs> you have a mountain lion in your house. Yeah. Maine Coon things. Um, the tail goes almost halfway to your bow. Yeah. It's not even fully extended right now. No, he's a big cat. <laughs> it's a big cat. But I thought about bringing that stuff and we would just kill a bunch of bottles. But then I'm like, yeah, I'd lose all that shelf space because. <laughs> yeah. So I think I might have to start buying some stuff again to uh, replace. I don't know. I got to figure it out. That's a fun, fun problem to have. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I like having the bar. I like having people come over and, and try stuff. And then, I mean, you know, I normally drink wild turkey, but. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to bring every though. pick we've ever done, including the blends that we did at, uh, what was the name? Jay Mattingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went and spent a day there and we did a couple of blends and we, we had a couple that we saved. Or we had a bottle that we saved. We didn't open the rye, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's our favorite. Yep. Um, so I'm going to bring that. We'll get to pop that with everybody. I was going to bring that Maker's bottle, but honestly, it's just Maker's, even though it has the yeah. name on it. So I don't. I have I have the Mictors that we did with Whiskey and Whitetail's name on it. Yeah, bring that one. Okay. Bring that one. I thought about bringing, I have another, that second Mictors I did that I never, I've never opened it. But Oh, I'm also bringing the Jimmy Redcorn Bottled and Bond from Highwire. Oh. Nice. I'm bringing that and that I don't care. You guys can do whatever you want, but I paid almost $400 for that bottle. So if we could respectfully <laughs> not drink a shit ton of it, that would be cool. But I also, you know, it's there for whoever to enjoy, but I'm, I, I had it and I liked it. Um, and I'd been waiting for a reason to open it. And what, what better reason than hanging out with friends in the woods, hunting deer. Hell yeah, man. So I'm going to bring it for sure. Sounds, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm excited. Well, if you're listening to this, it's already happened. and I'm sure it was yeah. any time. Well, if you're listening to this, I'll tell you what hasn't happened. Um, and I'm not going to strike it. I'm pretty sure it'll be out by now. By the time this episode comes out, Gibby's Bottle Shop will have a Yellowstone pick that we picked when we went did the wild turkey stuff. So he told me that RNDC had it in the warehouse and he was getting it shipped to him. So I would assume he'll have it as we're recording today, tomorrow, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it should be on the shelves come Monday when this podcast comes out and uh, sweet man, I will go get our bottles and I'll make a, another reel and let everybody know. But I will say we drank a lot that day. So I, <laughs> hopefully it's good. Yeah. I won't be, um, I won't lie in the reel. So if you watch the reel, if you're local, when you watch the reel and I, and I say it's good, then it's good. Fair enough. And there's no stickers for this because they forbid it. Forbid. Yeah. Which I told Caleb we should just sell it with stickers. But he should. doesn't want to ruin that friendship, so. All right. Well, his choice, I guess. Totally understand. All right. What else you got? Nothing? Um, I had an I had the idea to to run through like uh each of us like top five Christmas gifts for hunters, but we could also move that to another episode. No, we can do it. Why not? Doesn't matter to me. Did um, you make a list? I have a, I have a list, yeah. So I'm going to start with the Whiskey and Whitetail's game calls. <laughs> nice. Let me strike number four off my list. <laughs> <laughs> Made from bourbon barrels. They all sound fantastic. They really um, do. I know, I know you expect to hear that from anyone that offers a product, but 
we have a hard time keeping them in stock. People run them and and test them at markets and places where we go, and it is the overwhelming response is, is always positive. We sell them at markets. It's hard to sell online because you can't play it or whatever, and the pictures are my fault. They're not updated. I, I need to get a couple calls and update the pictures, but which I should have done when you uh, got the box. But anywho, they um, people touch them in public and play them, and they, they buy them almost every time. Like if they are an actual hunter and they're not just somebody that knows somebody that hunts. And then now we're starting to see those same people are coming and buying them two, three at a time off the yeah. website. So uh, they're getting them, taking them home. Friends are hearing it and being like, whoa, must have. And it's made from a bourbon barrel. They look like centerpieces. Yeah, they're beautiful. So They're very beautiful. And, and for people who just appreciate game calls, especially wooden calls, um, a lot of people buy these just for the sake of, you know, we hear, we hear it all the time. My husband would love this. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, the lady's not going to blow the duck all and if she does great, but mo a lot of them that don't, we just buy them because they're pretty. And then we've had guys say, hey, I will probably never bring this into, into the, into the field, but it's beautiful. And I'm going to have it in my collection. Um, yeah. So it doesn't matter what your interest is in, in calls. I think we have, we have options that you would, you would enjoy. And we normally don't advertise this, but um, because you know, that's not the way businesses run because there are calls, but um, it's not us two Yahoo's making them. We have a very skilled Patreon member that makes them um, to our specifications and, and desires and needs. And he is a master call maker. I mean, he was making some crazy stuff. So it's yeah. not just Gus and I gluing some shit together and, and making it cool. I mean, it's, it's made by a guy that knows what the fuck he's doing. So appreciate props. Props to Jake's Jacob, Jacob. Um, and again, we normally don't, you get it. It's a business. You, you get it. Um, all right. I'm going to do. So my, my next recommendation, my recommendation for gifts for hunters, uh, is, is a, and it's a product made by Talaric T A L A R I K. I'd never heard of him before. It's called the sling hook. And as soon as I saw it, I added it to my, I found it on Amazon, added it to my cart. Um, I'm going to share my screen and show you why. Because if you have ever carried a rifle in the field while carrying a backpack, what happens all the time? You have a, you have a slung over your shoulder. What happens? I stub my toe. Yep. <laughs> no, it slides off your shoulder. It gets, oh, yeah, 100%. It doesn't ride on the, on the strap, right? So it slides off your shoulder. That or the game. bolt punch, punches you in the side the whole punches way. Punches you in the side. Yeah. Um, I've thought about getting a rubber bolt cover just for that. Not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. Um, but this, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If not, um, this is called the sling hook. And it basically, it Velcros and attaches to your um, to oh, your backpack so. strap. And then it gives you a place to sort of hook your, your rifle strap onto so it doesn't slide off your shoulder. It's pretty good. If, you, if you're not used to it, it may make uh, an impromptu... Um, removal of said is that dude in this picture hunting with a fucking neck brace sure is these dudes get it down and he's wearing an airborne hunter first airborne hua <laughs> anyways i thought this was Leads really cool. the way as they say like it's it's inexpensive i think it's like 20 bucks 25 bucks yeah um, cool. it's just one of those simple inexpensive um 
inexpensive gifts that I think like would be really appreciated. So that was, that's my first recommendation. Very cool. I like it. Uh, I'm going to say my next recommendation would be things that we use and forget. So bow hangers and then the screw in hooks that go into a tree. Yeah. I leave those everywhere. There's trees yep. all over the world <laughs> with, <laughs> with my bow hanger and my uh, equipment hanger in it. Because of many reasons, I just get down. I'm like, I'm not climbing back up there to get it because they're pretty cheap. Or um, I'm like, I'll come back here tomorrow, and then I don't. Yeah. Or so, you lend them to friends who leave them. Did I do that to you? I think yeah, you left mine. I, I yeah. left. Yeah, yeah you yep. left. <laughs> I lended you one. You left it. So, um, yeah. So that's for someone that you know. We always talk about whiskey whitetail sells gifts for pe- for the guy that you can't buy him anything. You know, we we've got stuff that he would like. That's one of those things. Like you, I can't anything I want. I. I usually will just, if I need it, I'll just go get it. But yeah. things like that, if somebody were to buy me, I'd be like, hell yeah, because like, well, it's, I the need thing them is, all the time. The, yeah, and the thing is with those is that it's an annoying purchase. Mm-hmm. We can buy it for ourselves anytime we want. But we it's nice stop. to have it and not have to have bought and stopped and bought it again. Like when we went to Camp Hero, we stopped just so I could buy a bow hanger because mm-hmm. I left it in the woods. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it would have saved us a stop. What well, else you got? Uh, if you're if you're hanging up and you're hanging a bow stand or your rifle on a on a on a hanger, there's a good chance you need to be able to see where you're going. And something that I think is a lot of hunters won't buy for themselves because it can be pricey, but are super appreciative when they have a nice set or a good set of good set of glass or binoculars. Oh yeah, um, it's an expensive you know it can be an expensive purchase, but um, vortex, if you yeah, yeah I have vortex um, binoculars. I absolutely love them. Um, I bought a harness, so if you can get a decent chest harness to go along with them. It makes it a lot easier for a hunter, especially if they're hunting out West to sort of have them on their person. Um, but there's something to be said about having reliable, really solid glass to, uh, to help you out when you're in the, when you're in the woods. Yeah. So that would be my, my next recommendation. I'm going to go with lighting, uh, headlamp or pocket lamp. That's small enough. That's not like some massive, you know, the black dildo things that we used to get as kids. You yeah. know, I don't know what they're actually called. That's the big mag lights. Yeah. Mag light. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> We'll leave it in, but there's um, <laughs> flashlights. So the head kind, I've got like four in my truck and I luckily mm-hmm. don't lose them, but the batteries die all the time. So that's why I've got four in my truck. Yeah. And, uh, but the small, having a small flashlight, especially, I, th- I don't know what they're called, but I've got one. I've got one in here somewhere, but it's for l- leak detection for air conditioning units in a, in a vehicle. Okay. And, and it'll, it'll pick up blood like crazy. Nice. Um, it's like a, a UV know, light kind of. Yeah, like maybe a UV light. I don't know. Um, good light to have, but yeah, small, powerful flashlight. Those are. Those are. You can never have enough flashlights. One hundred percent, because they're all dead batteries. Flashlight, batteries that goes with them. Flashlights and batteries. Yeah. Uh, tourniquets and first aid kits. Those are something that like I feel like you can never have enough of. Because if no. someone buys me like a nice, like a first aid kit, you know, a blowout kit or an IFAC type kit. I have several of them. I have a, a dozen other places I would love to stash one. And that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. Um, so, and, and speaking of first aid, I guess uh, my next recommendation uh, is actually my, well, I have one more after this, but something that I've never met an outdoorsman, a hunter, a fisher, anyone that doesn't, doesn't appreciate these or has ever said, I have too many. Uh, that's a good knife. Uh, Just yeah. a good, a good knife. And, and, and for being a, a field and for dressing deer, like a fixed blade knife with, knife with a sheath um yeah a skinnier just something to be said about a good blade like those man. razor blades knives you have the reason i don't like them is because 
outside of just for skinning, whatever. But like when I brought the the skull cap home with me, yep. I just popped it. It popped off there, and um, so I had to cut the hair out of it. Yeah. And the only thing I had in the truck was the uh, that razor blade knife. Mm-hmm. Impossible. You cannot get inside those posts, the antler posts, yeah. with that knife. And I ended up breaking it halfway through the second one. So I had to just get in there <clears throat> with literally my hands and. And I've had yep. the top of the skull of my mouth trying to just pull it off, which, <laughs> which is gross. Um, but if I had a nice, sturdy, fixed blade, skinny knife that was super sharp, that would yeah. have been that would have yeah. been primo. I love I love the razor knife for uh, for skinning deer, just yeah. because it is so sharp. And if you're in the field and you're trying to maybe do a gutless method, it's nice to have something that's super, super, super sharp. But when it comes to actually disassembling the animal into into the cuts and things like that. It, you got to you have to work around bone and things like that. That razor gets so dull so fast, um, and then it starts, and then you got to change it. And I, I don't know if you, they're nice to have, but you got to change them with your fingers, and then obviously your hands, your fingers. Uh, but I've cut myself with the fucking things more times than I care to, yeah, to admit. Um, anyway, there's just something to there's something to be said about a nice fixed blade um, that's sharp and keeps its keeps its edge. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm going to wrap, finish off my list with, uh, if you own a Matthews bow or your significant other, other bought a Matthews bow, um, specifically the phase four, which is what I bought this year. Um, Matthews released shortly after buying the phase four, they released the lift, which is a sub four pound compound bow that is deadly 348 feet per second. It's light as fuck. Um, How they of spell course it? they released it L I F T. Okay. And of course they released it. After I bought a phase four, which pisses me off. Who, what, what bow company releases two flagship bows in the same season? Like at least let me have Matthews. one season where I'm like, hell yeah, dude, I have the newest Matthews bow. I got the, you know, I'm the hot shit or whatever. And then dude, they sometimes during uh shot show though, or the ATA show, they'll release two or three different bows. It's, it's, it's wild. Drives me bananas. Cause I would have bought I, this lift, dude. I think Under they released pounds. two or three. Two or three uh, the year that the, the triax was released. Yeah. <coughs> 29 and a half, under four pounds, 340. Yeah. Like and it nice. comes in all the cool colors. Nice. Bastards. All right. Well, we're a little over an hour, um, right at an hour. So I will top finish off my list with a one-year membership to the Whiskey Whitetails Patreon. Oh, yeah. Great. That's it's a great cheap gift. gift. It's a cheap gift and it's a gift that keeps on giving because the yeah. individual who gets to reap those benefits will get all kinds of, uh, of cool kickbacks for that. So, yeah, that's a really cheap gift. That's like the cheapest gift we've discussed. I think we should, we should promote that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's a good idea. Cool. It's a good idea. All right. Well, I got to get to a thing in an hour. And I got to start packing for this hunt trip. So cool. Got a long night. Got a long night ahead of me and a long day tomorrow. But it'll be worth it once we're uh, sitting around a fire tomorrow evening. 100%. Cool, man. Cheers. Later.